broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by M-Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For tickets and schedule information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at drurryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey, the 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Take two, if you weren't with us earlier. Uh, we uh, we got a uh, a little issue. What are you talking uh, we about? Were, there was no issues. We meant uh, to we, do that. We, we weren't recording, so uh, if we started early and you heard us, uh, good for you. If you didn't hear us, uh, not so good for you. This indeed is the uh, last night of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. No, no, no. Steven and I aren't going anywhere. We're getting a new name change. I'm tired of the club part. These guys work way too hard to be in club hockey. So this is it. We're gonna change. Can't get rid of us. That can't get rid of us that that easily. No, no. We're we're coming out with a new name. It's gonna start next week. We'll announce it later on in the show. Uh, great stuff going on. We kind of lost our first uh, twelve minutes of what we want to talk about, which I guess saves a lot of people's ears because I was gonna rant on the uh, the ACHA rankings again. Maybe we'll do it because I, I think Coach Orr uh, will appreciate my my rant. And I'm talking about Riley Orr, the head coach from. Oregon, if he can wait another five minutes or so to let me just uh, go off on what I'm seeing here, um, we'll bring him on, and I promise we're going to talk Ducks hockey for the better part of a half hour or more. So uh, we'll still uh, have time. We'll still have time for your ranting and uh, raving about the rankings. No, we're we're going to start with it. So I think Coach Orr will hang with us. I, I think he will. Uh, I, I trust it. So uh, here we go. Okay, uh, we're starting the second semester. I've complained about this and ranted about this for uh, a long time. But um, if the ACHA wants to continue to grow and get respect, they have to look at not only their teams, but also their fan bases, their parents, their sponsors, the people that pay money to, uh, to watch their hockey teams because they're the ones who have the vested interest, right? Those are the guys that want to be a part of this, that, that, want to support the team that want to see their teams go and they don't get it. Okay. Uh, I know it's a computer and I'm using air quotes there ranking, but, um, and again, uh, I'm not picking on any teams. So, so if you're one of the teams that I mentioned, don't start emailing me because Lord knows Kirk candy and I are really good friends and, uh, the head coach at Liberty and I get it. He's, uh, he's got the track record. His team is very, very good, but that's where I'm going to start. Liberty jumps 
UNLV, and uh, neither one of the two teams played games this weekend. Um, UNLV has two more wins and one less loss than Liberty, and UNLV has also beat Liberty head-to-head. So if you're a general fan up there and you watch the games and you're looking at it, you're going like, how can that be? How can UNLV be the fifth-ranked team and Liberty the fourth? Steven, have you got an answer for me? No, I guess I'm. I guess I'm a bad, uh, bad co-host here. I guess I haven't done my <laughs> invest work into the. Com- ask the oh, and I set you ask, up too. Ask the computer, almighty oh, computer that determines the rankings. Why is Liberty number five and or four, and why is UNLV five? Why did they switch spots when the teams didn't even play last weekend? How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that's number one. That that kind of frustrates me, and you know. Uh, we we cover the WCHL. That's uh, what we do. So, um, uh, you know, uh, we kind of back them. I don't want to say we're homers because other than you for UNLV, there's no homer. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just you're, the you're the one that keeps wanting me to do UNLV features. So. Uh, I'm just teasing you. Uh, but anyway, um, so we look at that. We've got uh, – let's just go through the rankings quickly. Lindenwood, 11-0-0, number one. Yes, they deserve to be number one. Minot State, 15-2-0. I'm going to give them number two now because uh, they they had an incredible road trip to Arizona. Uh, and we'll talk about that where they played Grand Canyon. Uh, they played two games oh. at uh, the Tucson oh. Arena, which is difficult to do, and they had some incredible travel problems. That's and, coming and, up later in the show. And two and three games in, in two and a half days, and and that, so that that was yeah. that was that's impressive, and and I and I love. Well, we'll talk about it later, but you, yeah. you got the head coach, and what how he said the whole travel uh, to get yeah. there was quite interesting. Yeah. Well, we yeah, have we'll that, and people we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yeah, just hang tight. Um, hang number tight. three, Iowa State, seventeen three and two. Liberty, fourteen four and zero. Oh. Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, sixteen three and zero. Oh. Central Oklahoma, nineteen four and zero. Oh. Adrian, thirteen four and zero. Oh. Missouri State fourteen six and zero. Okay, I, I don't have a real real problem with the top eight, um, and they can flip or flip around as they want to uh, on that. I, I think they're all good teams. They're all quality teams. Here's where things get interesting. Uh, Jamestown is here tonight playing in uh, Arizona at uh, AZ Ice Arcadia against Grand Canyon. Then they're going to come up and play um, at UNLV. They're nine six and two and ranked number nine. They uh, they went up two spots. So I want to see how good Jamestown is against the competition here, and I think that'll give us a really good indication. Um, then you look down and you got Maryville twelve five and one. I think that's legit, but they lost a spot too somehow, some way. Uh, Stony Brook uh, at eleven fourteen four and two. Indiana Tech eighteen two and zero. Oh, I know they're really good. They were eight. They dropped to twelve. How does a two loss team and an eighteen win team drop down four spots? Um, Illinois, um, they dropped a spot uh, from uh, 13 to 12. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just going down this whole thing. And, again, I'm not picking on anybody, but Utah's in at 6, 7, and 3, and I know they played a really tough schedule. So I'm giving them a little bit of a break as well. Um, and then you get down to Arizona State at 23. Okay, uh, Rhode Island is 22. They're 12, 8, and 1. Arizona State is 5, 12, and 0. They're ranked 23rd. They went up two spots. Ahead of Lawrence Tech, who wasn't ranked, but they're 13-6-0, and Robert Morris, who's 16-4-1. So I think we have an issue with this, and here's here's why I say it. Because call it a computer, do whatever. Um, the general public looks at the record, and they're going like, 
how? How is this possible? And uh, either somebody has to come out and explain it or or they're going to have a problem with their fan bases. And and trust me, I get emails, I get texts, I get direct messages on, on social media. People are wondering what the heck's going on and why why is this the way it ranks? Scott's a man of the people, everybody. He's he's just looking out for every all the t- the, fam- the uh, parents and the and the players and everybody that's involved with these programs. And 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 you have some legitimate points. I mean, yeah. I mean, how is Arizona State number twenty three? They move up a couple of spots. Um, I guess it happened because some of the results from the other games must have last week. It must have affected obviously some of these uh, these standings. You have a couple teams in that weren't ranked last week that are in now. But yet Arizona State at five and twelve is hanging on at number twenty three, and uh, you know you got some of these other teams that have better better records, like two below them. And yeah, it's it's real interesting, um, and, and it's really going to be interesting too because now you're going to have uh, COVID is starting to really. There's been some postponements uh, for some games coming up here in the next few weeks for some ACHA teams. So there's there's not going to be some some games for some of these teams. So you wonder how that might affect the the catalyst of the. Uh, of the, the the rankings, but yeah, I just I I don't know. I, I, I we we talk about this every week. It seems like, and I just uh, well, again, don't, uh, don't take this personally, teams, and don't take this personally, ACHA. What I'm talking about is to the general public. If you're a parent, and believe me, I hear from parents. If you're a fan, if you're a sponsor. And you're looking and you're going like, how can you call this legitimate? Because they look at records because that's what they're trained to look at is records. They're not trained to go by computer rankings on uh, on who's who. So that's exactly what they go by. They look at it and they go, okay, well, how is a five-win team ranked higher than a 13-win team or a 16-win team? I get it. Sometimes that happens. But come on. You, you got to – you gotta look at this thing a little we need bit like differently. A, we need like a college level um, uh, math class or something to to figure it out. I mean, uh, because it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of numbers involved, which some people makes their head hurt when they when they think of all these these numbers and stuff. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And but yeah, you just to- look. But if you just look at it with records, yeah, I mean, it looks a little weird because you, the way some of these records are. But I guess if you look deeper into what how the how it's done. I mean, you maybe can understand it, but again, I, I think with anything, and, and it happens in all, uh, okay, in all levels. Stop. Let me stop you right there. You said if you look deeper into it, maybe you can understand it. Well, then at this point, how about if the ACHA comes out and makes a blanket statement, gives a press release, does something so that the media people like ourselves can reach out to these other people that are wondering um, and and ask them directly, uh, wh- why? H- how does this work? Do you see the issue? And then take it from there because uh, this is, you know, I- I'm trying to help grow the game here, right? And when I'm hearing from people that say, yeah, we don't believe the rankings, it's a- and here's the problem with that, Stephen. Uh, the rankings is how you get into the national tournament at the ACHA D1 level. I'm going to leave it at that because we got a great guest. We're going to talk Oregon Ducks hockey in just a second. We're bringing on the head coach. Riley Orr from the uh, University of Oregon and the uh, the Ducks who are uh, making the jump to D1 ACHA hockey. Uh, Coach Scott and Steven with you. How are you? And thank you for joining us tonight with our crazy technical difficulties. Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. I'd like to uh-huh. jump in there, in there and say uh, computer rankings are crazy, man. 
Well, I was just gonna say, how much are you looking forward to to having to 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 deal with these and and be in the mix? Well, hopefully you're in the mix, you know, for the top twenty five down the road. But you know, having to deal with the computers and seeing where everybody rank and and all that. And uh, I know you deal with it a little bit. The division more on the division one side, so. Yeah, yeah, no, we're actually. I mean, we we deal with it at this level too, and I mean, it's every single week you're you're just kind of scratching your head, wondering what the heck's going on here. So, look for look forward to it at the D one level as well, fellas. Coach, I, I don't normally jump into a rant on this, but uh, as I was saying, you probably heard me. Um, a, a lot of parents and uh, sponsors and fans reach out to me as a media outlet and they say, do you know why so-and-so is so-and-so? And I have to honestly look at it and say, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's a computer ranking. And then they'll come back to me and say, I thought computers were supposed to be smarter than us. <laughs> <laughs> Can't they see the win-loss record? Right, <laughs> anyway. right. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, crazy, I, I, crazy. My point is I, I think that the ACHA just needs to come out and put out some sort of press release, and we'll publicize the heck out of it. Uh, just tell us how this happens and what the meaning is behind it, and then maybe we'll all shut up, or at least I will. <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I knew what the formula was. I've actually, uh, my brother, he's he's a big math guy, so he's, he's usually got the rankings figured out before they come out, but no, it never seems to have any rhyme or reason. I, I, I don't know what they should move to, but. It always seems like uh, there's teams ahead of you or right behind you that you're thinking, how in the heck does this work? But, I mean, for instance, we're we're 13-1 and one this year, and we, we've slid to seven somehow. So <laughs> I don't know how That's it works, a, guys. But Coach, and I use the eyeball test, right? I try to see as many hockey games as I can, right. and, and I try to use the eyeball test and say so-and-so is – is as good or better. And this weekend, and I'm preparing you for D1 here, uh, this weekend I saw Minot State come down here. I saw them play um, Grand Canyon, and it was a 4 nothing game, a 4 or 5 nothing game uh, in favor of Minot State. But Minot State had only had been on an airplane for 24 hours or on the right. tarmac. And when they got here, they were only two hours uh, in, in Arizona before they had to play a game. So I get it. Uh, then they went to Arizona and they played a really tough Arizona squad uh, at the Tucson Arena. You know about them, um, yeah. so so they come away with a, a one goal win and uh, an overtime win. And uh, you look at it and you go, how how in the world um, uh, how in the world do they do it? So when I see Minot State at fifteen and two, my eyeballs tell me they're a pretty solid hockey team if they're able to get through that yeah, yeah, gauntlet absolutely. and still play pretty well. So, Absolutely. Let's, let's jump into your last weekend. Tell us about Oregon hockey last weekend. It was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we traveled over to Bend, Oregon, which is you know Eastern Oregon mountain town uh, ski resort. It, it was awesome. We they have an outdoor facility there called the Pavilion, and we sold it out. And it was you know Friday, Saturday night sold out crowd place was was jamming and uh the guys had fun with it got to throw the eye black on and and be the uh be the pros around town for a night so no everyone had fun with it it was it was a huge success and just a lot of fun for players coaching staff fans you know uh, former alumni all all that stuff so it it was a huge success and a lot of fun for us all right steven jump in Okay, so uh, 
so how ex- how how much how long was this in the works to to go to Division One? I? I mean, how many San Diego State? We talked with them a few weeks ago, and and, and there was kind of a few years for them. Um, but how 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 long was this process for you to kind of get to get to this uh, where you're going to be at Division One next year? Yeah, I, I think this has always been part of the vision, guys. I mean, I, I played ACHA hockey at Utah State. It was Division Two. It was back in geez, I don't know. I'm digging here, but. 2012 20 to 2014 range and kind of kind of watched firsthand how Arizona State took it from a club program put a lot of time and effort into it obviously kudos to Greg Powers and whatnot for what he did because if it wasn't for him I, I don't think that I would be here in Oregon right now it was something that that was always a rivalry for us was the Arizona State elite at that time I, I don't know if they had ACHA Division one at the time or not Um but they had a really good ACHA Division II elite team. And that was, you know, we were a top team. They were a top team. It was a rivalry for us. Obviously, long bus trip down there. And on the way back, you know, just the guys back of the bus talking about the next team once they made that announcement of the Division I moving up to NCAA. A lot of guys talking about who's going to do it next. Obviously, hockey expanding out west and whatnot. Who's going to do it next? And it was something that I firmly believed that the University of Oregon, being an athletic powerhouse and whatnot, if someone went in and took care of it and cared about it and recruited and went in and had, had a work ethic, that that could be the next university to go. So ultimate goal is, is we want to take this thing to NCAA. And we knew that, you know, we're an ACHA Division II school right now. We got to make that jump up to ACHA Division One be a competitive team at that level and and hopefully the rest will take care of itself so it's been something that from the day i took over we knew it had to get to this point and it's something that we would have liked to happen a little bit sooner but you know with covid and the unexpected there it, it took a little longer than expected but we are fired up to be uh to be moving up next year myself christian my assistant coach general manager huge huge part of everything we've done here. So, and then obviously the players, once we made the announcement that we were accepted, we were moving up. I mean, they're excited too. Cause it's, it's just, you know, it's a step up. ACHA division two is very top heavy, top teams, very good teams, but ACHA division one, I think it's not as, well, I don't know. I might take some slack for this, but <laughs> as watered down i guess and and it's just more quality hockey so everyone everyone that's that's part of the organization very excited for next year for sure Uh, coach you got broad shoulders and thanks for helping me out and taking some of the heat off of me (laughs) (laughs) i want to ask you i know steven's got a follow-up but let me sneak this one in uh real quickly is because you mentioned coach powers and he's told me uh we started just so you know a little background on us we started this company uh, when he announced that he was going uh, NCAA because we knew that uh, he probably was going to have a hard time getting coverage. It's a, it's a four-sport professional city here in Phoenix, and that, quite frankly, there's just not enough time. And uh, hockey being a sport growing, uh, it's just not getting enough attention. So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to feature players, feature teams, and grow the game. Um so that being said, Coach Powers has told me many times, if you want to make the jump uh, from ACHA to uh, NCAA, you need three things. And he's probably told you this or you've heard it. He always tells me that you need your uh, 
your support of your school. You need your athletic director on board. Uh, you need a facility. Um, and along with the facility, normally goes number two, which is money. And then the third thing that comes along with, he always tells me anyway, is if you can't win and compete at the very top of the ACHA D1, you're not going to be able to compete at all in NCAA hockey. And I'm sure um, that's on your roadmap as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that when I first came here again, it was 10 o'clock games, 10 fans, and, you know, an uphill battle. <laughs> oh, we all see that. <laughs> <laughs> uphill battle for sure. But, you know, over the years, we've stuck with it and uh, put in a lot of work and to be where the, at the point where we are now. And, I mean, it's something where we are getting, you know, now we're getting support from the university. Um, they've let us know that, you know, they're looking to elevate a program here in the next few years and that we're kind of in the driver's seat. So obviously that's exciting. There's a potential stadium rink going in here with a practice sheet. So it sounds like we check that box as well. And then obviously with the excitement of it all and Oregon just being a major institute, I mean, just since we made the announcement that we're, that we're moving up to Division One, the outpouring of support from general managers all across North America has been, has been crazy where recruiting is, you know, it's, it's going right now. So it's something where I know a lot of teams expect, you know, the new team on the block, they're going to be a new ACHA division one team. They're going to struggle. We don't really want to travel out there and use some of our budget on an unknown team, but I think we're going to surprise a lot of teams next year. And and that's something that I'm, uh, you know, very excited, excited for. All right, Stephen, get that follow-up in. Well, you're talking about next year, but you're actually this year you're actually going to get a crack at some Division One teams. You're coming to to Las Vegas to play UNLV, and I, I think you might there might be another team in there somewhere. But but I know you're coming out here to, as UNLV will end their season at, in Vegas here. So you're you're already getting a taste of some Division One teams uh, this year when you come out here. So how exciting is that as you make this next move into Division One that you will have at least a couple of games to kind of ex- ex- see exactly firsthand. What, what it's like, especially as you go into a season where you can then recruit players and, and do all those things to prepare for the next season. Yeah, I, I think it's huge. I mean, you, you see exactly, it gives you the opportunity to see what it's going to take at that level to succeed, right? So uh, we've we've actually got four ACHA Division One games on our belt right now. We bus down to Arizona. Um, geez, when was that? I want to say late October, early November-ish. That's right. You did go down to Arizona too. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So we came down there and that was something where, similar to the Minot story, we jumped on a bus and we were under the assumption that this was going to be a 19-hour trip. It took us 27 hours on the bus. (laughs) And we rolled into the barn there in uh, at GCU an hour before the game. So, I mean, my expectations were shot. I mean, I was, I was freaking out. I'm sure some of the guys were thinking this is crazy, but we went in there. We, uh, you know, had a bit of a hole there, dug a bit of a hole early and were able to muster up a win there, a late surge there in the third and beat GCU division one, which was awesome for everything. But we were shorthanded at the start of that trip, and then that game alone, they they played us pretty physical, and uh, you know we lost some more soldiers soldiers after that one. So we ended up going down to Arizona playing, you know, a, a very respectable Division One team, and we had fourteen skaters. 
we had, I mean, you know, even, even less than that, that, you know, we could really get out there at normal shifts, five on five and whatnot. So we went in and, and asked the guys to pretty much do the impossible. And I think positives were, were brought out of that weekend as, you know, we went in there completely depleted. I think it was a three, nothing game or something like that, but the same time we had uh, we had our chances to get on the board and, and make it a closer game and it was something that really opened our eyes as to you know if we had all of our soldiers here with us this weekend I think we could have made that a hockey game so you know we're not far off of uh, where we're at right now and then again like I say just the outpouring of support and you know interest from high level junior hockey players that's what makes me think that next year, you know, could be special. It's the first year at the ACHA Division One level, but I think we can come in and, and surprise some teams and show them that, you know, we're trying to grow this thing and we're putting a lot of work into it and we're taking it pretty seriously. So um, after that, we, we, we went to Utah State, again, depleted roster. We played Utah State first game. Um, again, long bus trip took longer than we expected, played Utah state on a Thursday, went down to Salt Lake city, uh, played them Friday, Saturday. And you're talking going from sea level to elevation, (laughs) depleted roster three and three, (laughs) not an easy task and something that I think I'm a little too hard on the guys probably, but I always expect the best out of them. But, you know, we won that first game at the D two level, went down to, uh, Salt Lake lost by uh, two, one with an empty netter there. So it was a game that I felt like on Friday night, that was our game. I mean, I think we outchanced them, out grade A scoring chance them type thing. And uh, that, that does a lot for the morale of the guys that are going to be here next year, for them to be able to see what that next level is all about. Um, I think it shows all those guys that, that, that we can be a uh, team to be reckoned with here and, and that we can come in first year and, and be a team that, I mean, our goals are going to be to make that national tournament out of year one. So, I don't know. I could be a crazy man here thinking that, but <laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll see next year. Well, so, what, uh, so what lessons, so what lessons then you've got, as I said, you got UNLV at the, at the beginning of March. So, that's another long trip. And so, is there things you might try to do differently to avoid the situations you've had to uh, deal with before? And, and UNLV is is. A really good team. They're five right now, yeah, so yeah. you know that'll be a good way. They'll probably be preparing for the national tournament, and you guys will be getting ready for for whatever you guys have. Probably a tournament as well. Yeah. Year, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're preparing for the national tournament at that <laughs> yeah. point as well um, at the D two level. But no, I think uh, obviously we all wish we were under that academic uh, or, or athletic umbrella where you know they're just paying for everything. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be something where we're going to have to grind it out on the bus again this year. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough weekend. I mean, I got nothing but respect for Greener and what he's done with that program. As Again, when I was at Utah State, that was a Division II team. They weren't Division I yeah. yet. And I, I've watched just what he's done with that program and, and what like where they're at now, and it's – very impressive. My my hat's off to him. So, I mean, that's something where we're just telling our guys, I mean, win or lose, whatever it is, I mean, you're not going to see a team at the Division Two Nationals as good as UNLV is going to be. So that's, that's a perfect tune-up game for us, and hopefully we got a full bench for that one because 
I think if we don't have a full bench, that could be a long couple nights for myself and the rest of the guys. Coach, let me ask you this. Um, you know, when COVID hit, it was really unexpected and, and got everybody by surprise. And a lot of people told me, because we also cover NCAA hockey, um, and uh, at that level, they said, oh, gosh, this could be a death nail for, for NCAA hockey. It just doesn't have the revenue and, you know, what's going to happen with it. And just the opposite happened. And I think it affected uh, a positive way in NCAA and ACHA because what ended up happening was, and you know this, the NCAA granted an extra year of eligibility. So did the ACHA. And that meant that uh, that year that was lost basically became a year where the only thing that didn't change was the age out level for juniors. So a lot of guys were getting aged out. A lot of players were staying around that they thought were going to graduate and move on uh, to get that extra year. And I think that trickle down effect has really helped ACHA hockey. Am, am I right in that assessment? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, I think just the boom in hockey in general in North America is, I mean, you're seeing there's just not enough, there's, I guess there's a lot of NCAA Division I talent, but there's not enough teams. So you're seeing that trickle-down effect, and I think a perfect example of that is Liberty. I believe it was last year, maybe two years ago, again, with the COVID situation. My dates could be off a little bit here, but I want to say Liberty went in last year, exhibition against uh, Long Island University, NCAA Division One, and beat them. So, I mean, it just shows, I guess, that ACHA Division I hockey, it's it's no joke. I mean, the top teams are legit hockey teams. And, you know, it shows for junior age players that if you don't get an NCAA scholarship, it's not the end of the world. You can go to ACHA Division I. You can go, I guess, to NCAA Division Three. You can get a really good hockey experience, get a good education, and, you know, you're still going to have that opportunity to go out and play professional hockey, whether it be in North America, SPHL, East Coast type thing, or, you know, lower divisions over in, over in uh, Europe. Um, lots of opportunities, but just speaks for the boom of hockey in, in North America, in my opinion, that, I mean, look at the past NHL drafts, for instance. I mean, you're getting Austin Matthews out of Arizona. You're getting Jack Hughes out of Florida all these non-traditional hockey markets that hockey's just taken off. And I mean, we're seeing it here in the Pacific Northwest with the Kraken up in Seattle. They're, they're killing it up there. And I mean, that's awesome for everything we're trying to do. They're growing the game for us, helping out our cause at the end of the day. So no, I think, uh, I mean, that was a tough year for, for everyone in hockey. I know we've got a, a player right now that he didn't get to play his last year. He's kind of red shirting this year. So, I mean, it's a long time away from the game that they love. So it's tough on everyone, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I would agree that it, it helped ACHA hockey and whatnot and, and brought more talent to the league for sure. Steven, I got one more follow-up if I could, um, before you jump in there. Um, uh, Coach, when, when you look at you guys at the ACHA D2 dipping your toes in the water of ACHA D1 before you fully go. Um, Lindenwood doing the same thing to NCAA this year. They played uh, two games against the University of Denver to start the year as exhibitions, obviously. They played two games at home against Air Force as exhibitions. And in a couple of weeks, they're coming to Arizona State to uh, to play two more games as exhibitions. And I talked to Coach Zombo, and I said, you know, what's the plan on that? And he said, well, uh, I think twofold. We, we want to see if we can compete. 
with those players. But more importantly, I think we want to show our, our supporters and, and the people with quote-unquote money that uh, we're ready to make the jump. And, and he thought that, you know, the other thing he needed to do was to win that national tournament this year in his backyard and, uh, and then be able to, to maybe get the extra dollars he needs to make the jump. And I personally think that's why there's been no official announcement. I think that'll come, and I think it'll come uh, after the national tournament. But uh, similar to what you're doing, uh, with the ACHA D2 to D1? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think uh, I'm rooting for him, definitely. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, kind of what Powers was doing there. I mean, I know when I left Utah State, I went up, I played in the BCIHL. I know they were coming up for Christmas tournament up in Vancouver back, I don't know what this would have been, maybe 2004. 15 area maybe even 2012 I don't know somewhere in that area but they were coming up they were playing uh, CIS teams there was an NCAA team there and they'd have this big showcase up in Canada where you're you're trying to show to all of your supporters that hey we're not a club hockey team like we have very good hockey players here and this is a hockey program and obviously you want to be able to show at that NCAA level if that's the ultimate goal that you can compete but I think more importantly, it's about, you know, filling, a, filling an arena and having Lindenwood jerseys or Oregon Duck jerseys, or I know UNLV's got uh, NCAA games on tap for next year, but filling a barn with your jersey so that your athletic director can see, wow, maybe this is viable. Maybe this can be a money generator. Maybe we can make this realistic. So, I mean, I'm very, very confident or very, I guess, big advocator on the fact that NCAA Division One with the hockey boom and everything, it needs more teams. There's more players, obviously, that can develop for the highest level, which is the NHL. So you'd think that the NHL, they want to get in on this as well as it's just going to create or, or uh, develop, I guess, more potential NHL players and, and bring the Ultimate League a higher level as well. So more ACHA teams that end up making that jump, the, the the better in my opinion. And I think there's definitely some programs out there, like I heard you guys talking about the Liberties, the Lindenwoods. I mean, those teams, uh, I root for them and, and hope they can make the jump. And I hope it just trickles out west here and, you know, we're hopefully the next school to go. All right, Stephen, fire one more, Coach. Yes. Let me ask about the, the Seattle Kraken. You, you kind of touched on that in some of your comments prior. So they are a new team in the NHL. And, and you know, there's there's hockey up in that area now. You know, you've put some junior teams and, and certainly the Canucks up across the border. But having the Kraken there and, and the excitement that Seattle was for hockey, how, how much does that – will that trickle – does that trickle down to you guys at all? I mean, you're a state down, but it's certainly not that far away. Uh, UNLV benefited, obviously, from having the Golden Knights here and obviously the surge of hockey in southern Nevada – and in this area, so is it going to be feel like it's kind of a similar maybe path that uh, you guys may face with with having the cracking in that geographic area up there? I think so. Yeah, I think we. Uh, well, first off, I think for starters, I mean, you're seeing cracking hats, jerseys all over the place down here in Oregon as well. So I think they've definitely uh, you know marked their territory on the Pacific Northwest, and I think they're doing a great job. I. I like I said, lots of jerseys, lots of hats, a lot of supporters around here. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's someone we're going to lean on in the future here. Um, we're, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here. Um, 
and yeah, our, our, one of our big goals, I guess, is to get them involved and show them that we're a team here in the Pacific Northwest in their region, in their viewership, I guess that, uh, we're close to making the jump here and hopefully we can gain their support and, you know, ride their coattails a little bit and, and bring uh, NCAA hockey out here. Okay. Can okay. I ask another, can I ask yeah, another go, one more? Going in quickly. All right. One thing I want to ask too is about just what your what it's like when you go to a game at your guys's place. Um, what's the, what's the atmosphere like? What's, what's kind of crowds do you get? Like if, when uh, somebody comes and plays you guys and what's sort of uh, what, what is, what is, all that entail the atmosphere yeah, well, of your guys' games. Well, I guess uh, again, part of our vision here is we want to get statewide support. So we're doing these uh, special event games kind of all over the state. So we've played in Southern Oregon, where they have you know about a thousand seat arena type thing down there. We've sold that out every time we've went down there, which has been great to see. Obviously, um, went over to Ben, sold that place out. They've told us they want to make it bigger, better in the future type thing. So I think next year we're going to see a massive crowd there in Bend as there's a lot of people that just couldn't get tickets and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're bummed out. There's a lot of buzz there. And then just even in Eugene this year has, has been crazy. I mean, our ticket sales have went just absolutely bonkers. I mean, our games here, San Diego state at the start of the year, I mean, we're up around a thousand fans a game. We're getting a student section out there. They're smashing on the glass all around the building. And it's, it's something that again, five years ago when I first got here and we had the 10 o'clocks <laughs> and all that stuff, and it was 10 fans out there that were girlfriends and whatnot. It's unbelievable to see. So We've, we've, we've really have great support here all throughout the state and something that we're looking to do here in the new future, near future, maybe next year, um, is to get up into that Portland market and put on a massive event up there and show that, you know, no matter which direction you go here in Oregon, there are hockey supporters, there's hockey fans and hockey could be a viable option here for NCAA. It could be a money generator and all that stuff. So obviously the crack can help facilitate that. Um, have an Arizona state, have an NCAA hockey team and being, having them move into a barn, a 5,000 seat arena type thing. Um, I, I just have my fingers crossed that, you know, they sell that thing out as well. And we show the athletic director or fellow athletic director in the PAC 12 here that hockey can be a money generator. And then obviously if we do our part and put on a couple big events in Portland here in the next few years. Hopefully uh, that's enough to tip the scale where, you know, we have athletic department support right now and, you know, it's enough to show them that this could be something big here as well. Coach, a couple of comments before I ask my next question for you, but um, I spent a lot of time in Colorado. Uh, we just opened up an office there. So we have Colorado, Scottsdale and Vegas as offices. Um, but when I'm in Colorado College, they're three years deep and their new building sold out. Uh, it's only 3,500 seats, and that's NCAA hockey in a very small university. So that, that's a positive thing, I would think, for you guys. Uh, the other thing is, uh, of course, Arizona State's coming in, and you see what's happened in uh, Las Vegas, and Stephen can vouch for that with the, the constant growth of hockey. All of those are good things. So uh, we, we wanted to rename our podcast because I'm tired of club. I don't like club. I don't know why I even came out with it. Uh, so if you've got uh, just a minute, we're going to give the, uh, the new name of the podcast. It's called the Great West College Hockey Podcast. And the reason I say that with you online is 
we want to add you and San Diego State to our uh, ACHA D1 coverage. You okay with that? Absolutely, guys. The 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 more the merrier. If any uh, any support we can get, we'll take it. I think that's great. I, I'm with you. I think the just the stigma behind the club hockey is is outdated. I think uh, this isn't club. This isn't just guys getting together here and there, having a beer and playing hockey. This is very intense. Guys take it very seriously. These are athletes, man. These are guys that are have, have played juniors, have played high-level juniors, and they're coming out here. They're they're growing the brand for us, for you guys, for the Colorado schools, for everyone here, getting an education. And these guys are high-end athletes. So I think it's about time we get rid of the club. <laughs> well said. Uh, you you think San Diego State coming on board with you is, is going to be a positive for you? Because a lot of times – uh, uh, conferences and things, whether it be ACHA or NCAA, like pairs, uh, that good for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think everything Phil's done uh, in San Diego State's been awesome. I mean, again, that's just a program from my time at Utah State, which is years ago now. But I mean, that was always a program that teams kind of look down upon and, and whatnot. And what he's been able to do there, I mean, they've got a really good team now. And and I know he's all in and, and wanting to, you know, make them a powerhouse as well. And he's a hard worker. So I think that's going to be a very good school here in the near future as well. And as far as recruiting and whatnot goes, who the heck doesn't want to go to San Diego? So they're, <laughs> they're one of our close allies here and someone that, you know, for our schedule next year, we've got a minimum of four games with them, potentially five uh, at a little UNLV showcase type thing. So, they're going to be someone that we lean on every year to, you know, exchange those home and homes with. And I hope all the best for them so that we can show that uh, West Coast hockey is just as good as East Coast or Midwest or whatever it may be. But we've got good hockey out here as well. So I'm uh, I'm all in on, on San Diego State as well. All right, Stephen, one, one last one from you and then I'll wrap it up with Coach. Okay, so let's talk about your your current team right now. So we talked earlier about you know preparing for a national tournament. Juno V will be doing, you'll be doing. Um, where do you, you guys are having a pretty good year? So where do you guys see yourselves right now, uh, or where do you see yourselves, you know, as you prepare for the national tournament and you know and, and get ready for that and hope to be competing in that uh, in that field in in St. Louis in March. Yeah, it's something uh, our goal at the start of the year here and, and still currently our goal is to try to lock up one of those auto bid spots, which is obviously the, one of the top two at the Division Two level. Um, top two teams in the West, they auto bid to Nationals. So it's a pretty tight race right now, uh, you, you know, from two all the way to 10 right now. So we've got a uh, big showcase tournament coming up this weekend in Colorado where we've got a couple top 10 teams and Another team kind of just on the outskirts of, na of regionals looking in. So um, that that's our ultimate goal is we want to auto bid. So we've got a huge weekend coming up here and then a uh, couple more weekend series is. And unfortunately for us, our Pac-8 tournament has been canceled. So, I mean, it's something right now where, where we're kind of off all of February until regionals. So hopefully we can schedule some games in there to help just keep the guys sharp and hopefully add to our strength and everything. And, you know, goal differential, all that stuff that the computer rankings loves. Um, but no, that, <laughs> oh, you that, just that, had to go there with the computer rankings. <laughs> 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 no, 
No, I, I those are crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. These computer rankings. So. See, Scott, you're not alone. You're not the end, only. But... You're not the only one, Scott, that thinks their <laughs> yeah, rankings are a little nuts. <laughs> I was hoping you guys had it figured out at the Division One level, and this is something we'd be putting in our rear view. But okay. it sounds like we're going to be dealing with it up there too. Yeah, I don't know how much Coach, better it gets at the Division One level. <laughs> Coach, yeah. let me tell you this. Um, I just got a, a text message while we were doing the show from from Chris Perry because I reached out to him with the WCHL, the commissioner, Uh-oh. and I said, <laughs> "I said, get ready. I'm going to have a rant tonight. So I'm, my apologies right now." <laughs> and he said, "Have fun with your rant." And then he sent me a breakdown. He said, "Hey," and I'm reading word for word for what he texted me. So hopefully this explains not only for you but everybody. He says, "Don't focus on week to week results as if each week is a brand new slate." Everything is cumulative, building on all the previous results. So Minot wins three, so that affects and will continue to affect Liberty when Liberty and Minot played earlier in the season. UNLV benefited from UCO winning three and will continue to benefit throughout the season. And the margins are so close, so thin, uh, means those teams in the clusters that he circled a bunch for me move up and down on the slightest of movements. And I'll just give you a quick cluster. He said, uh, Iowa State, and I have no idea what these numbers mean, but Iowa State at number three is 4.0. Liberty at number uh, four is 4.0. UNLV is 4.5. So whatever that means in the computer rankings, he's just trying to say that their uh, margins are very, very thin. And he said, uh, finally, he said, it's not college football, which is win and move up, lose and move down. That's a linear. This is a bit more complex and nuanced in that every game, and he means every game, uh, has an effect on the rankings. So yeah. Absolutely. He finished it up by telling me to rant away. So, okay, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to finish the conversation up with you by by t- giving us a thumbnail of, of Eugene and um, hockey in the area. When, when we had Coach Green or, or uh, Coach Raboni on uh, last time with the UNLV, he was talking about some ridiculous number, like 10,000 kids in youth hockey now in Vegas. Uh, what's the thumbnail or what's the best, uh, um, I guess, example of growth in the Eugene area alone. Yeah. I mean, I don't have an exact number like 10,000 or anything like that, but I know that uh, our youth hockey around here is booming right now. Um, women's hockey is booming right now. So that's something that uh, we're going to be looking at adding a women's program here, uh, hopefully for next season as well, as that's something that the athletic department wants to see and whatnot. But I, I just know from, I guess, our perspective, uh, you know, the support that we've started to see here with the more marketing that we put into it, the better product that we have is, is tenfold. It's, it's crazy right now. I mean, we've got, we've got a fan base, man. We've got an entire state kind of behind us. We haven't really, like I said, traveled up to Portland yet, but very confident that when we get up there, uh, you know, we're going to put on a big show and get a lot of support there as well. So, I don't know. I think we're on to something special out here. And, and, you know, with all these ACHA teams scheduling NCAA opponents, I don't think uh, it's going to be long before you see Oregon playing NCAA opponents and, and really making a push here as well. So uh, exciting times. And I think, I don't know if you chalk it all up to the Kraken or, or what exactly it is, but I just think it's a great game and, and, you know, the West coast is starting to starting to see that you saw it in California years ago with Californian hockey, obviously taking off guys, getting yeah, drafted, the game, guys playing guy by the NHL name of Gretzky, right? Yeah, exactly. Wayne, <laughs> that didn't Wainer hurt. Help that out a little bit, but uh, you, you well, want us I, to send Austin Matthews your way and see if that helps. If he uh, goes and plays with the Kraken or something. 
He's, well, he's got some eligibility too, so maybe we can get him in here to Oregon for a year too. <laughs> Might oh. help expedite the process a little bit. Uh, well, let me tell you, Arizona. Uh, I met with Coach Berman seven years ago, also when we started this company, and him and I talked about his goals and what he wanted. And uh, when we talked about it, we both said, "Geez, is that possible?" And like a year and a half ago, just before COVID, he said uh, he sat down with me. He said, "You know." we were razor close to losing our program and we somehow got it resurrected. And I don't want to ever see that again. Now they're getting a 3000 seat building right? that they can call their own. So Crazy. never say never on anything. Crazy. And uh, did I hear you say that you're going to Denver uh, this coming week? Yeah. 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 We had part out, of the showcase uh, Friday morning. Yeah. It's uh, uh, I could be wrong on the name here, but I think the big mountain showcase or something like that. So, all and San Diego the, uh, State's in that too, right? San Diego State was supposed to be in that, oh, but no. I, I believe they're shut down right now, so they're they're out right now. Well, keep so keep close tabs bad. on your text because I just got right when the uh, when the show came on, I just got a text from the DU uh, SID saying that their Friday and Saturday night games with St. Cloud State have been moved to Saturday Sunday uh, due to COVID. So oh, <laughs> a, a lot of things are changing. Um, yeah, so keep yeah. keep your eye on it. But if you're there, I was planning on seeing San Diego State. If they're not going to be there, and I I didn't know you were coming there, so uh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop in and see you in person, see your team, and maybe we can do a little feature that's on camera. Awesome, yeah, yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Like I said, any exposure is awesome for us. It'd be nice to meet you in person, and yeah, love to have you out and kind of see where we're at right now, and yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, well, thanks for taking the time, and thanks for being a part of the new Great West college hockey podcast we love it i love it I we love, love it. it so we'll be talking to you a lot coach uh, take care and we'll get you on again many more times hopefully a couple more times during the summer so we can get this thing rocking and rolling for you before the next season starts awesome well hey guys i appreciate it and uh best of luck with everything and yeah look forward to moving up next year and hopefully we'll have plenty more chats in the near future here all right that's the head coach from the university of oregon the ducks Riley Orr joining us. Uh, Stephen and I will be back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of uh, the final episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly as we transition to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We'll be right back. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. 
tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Hey guys, Jared Erickson here, captain of the UNLV Skate and Rebels, champions of the Chicago Classic Tournament, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, this is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is Adam Trunco, captain of the CU Buffs, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates. The ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Ah, uh, Stephen, you're, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. <laughs> you had all this work to get the captains of these different that's teams right. to say that to say the rejoin, it. and now we well, gotta. That's now okay. you won't be able to play them anymore. That's it's okay. For, it's for a great cause. Getting rid of the word club uh, is something I should never put in here. I should have done more research. I should have thought more. I'll take all the blame on it, but I'll also take all the credit when I say. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is now underway. So, okay, uh, we're running a little bit late because we started a little bit late. Uh, yeah, so, so we're we'll still good. We're, we're still, still good, we're good still... for a little bit. Um, so right now, uh, I want to ask you what you heard from Coach Orr because I hear something, you hear something. Um, I'm excited. I really am. I, I want to see those Ducks jerseys all over. Well, it sounds like you might be able to see them this week in, uh, in Colorado if they're going to be there. Uh, as, as, as you kind of see, COVID is still having an effect. There's been uh, changes to schedules and postponements and, and other things like that. And so we're still seeing an impact on that. Uh, but what I, what I gathered from him, um, from, or from coach or is that it's, uh, again, another example of, of a team that has a goal in mind. They, they know what they want to, they know what they want to do. This isn't just something that they're piecing. Ah, oh, you know, this is, well, let's just try to get you know. Let's try to vision. They they had a a goal of what they wanted to do. And he comes in. He's been with the program for a few years now. Has been a part of that growth. It's it's growing up there. Of course, the Kraken are up there now in the Pacific Northwest. So, um, you know, in the United States, obviously in Vancouver, that's in Canada. But you got the Kraken now up there in Seattle, and and that just continues the the growth in that area. And, and people love love it up there. So it's uh it's really cool to to see all that. And and uh, he's. He's excited for uh, for their team next year to be able to play at Division One and and to have a chance to compete 
and have a chance to to really make a name for themselves and and they're very optimistic about the future for for their program and and the prospects of getting to that NCAA level you know being a from a school like Oregon which has got a lot of credibility it's in it's in the you know at least for the on the football and basketball side of things or the other sports within the Pac-12 you know it's got a very it's a very name that people know Oregon and uh, so I, I think all that will help uh, in what they're trying to do with the hockey program so um, it's yeah, exciting it, and also there's a company called Nike up there that uh, might not be a bad bad you place know, to start if you're looking for them. I think I've yeah. worn their shoes a time or two yeah, <laughs> or okay. three or five or a hundred so, so let me tell me uh, tell you tell the audience what I thought was the biggest thing I heard from Riley Orr tonight the head coach from the Oregon Ducks um Stephen, in, in years past, and I'm talking not many years past, like four, five, six years, um, it was kind of taboo. Even when, when Arizona State came uh, and made their move, it was, it was relatively sudden, people think, but it was really a lot of work behind the scenes uh, down the road. They had a goal. They wanted to get there. Um, they thought they could, and, of course, the money that came in and the support of uh, Athletic Director Ray Anderson made the difference. Um, but right now... Um, coaches are coming out and they're just saying it like it is. I mean, he made no bones about it that they're they want to be a coming NCAA program. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was really in, yeah, he, he was not shy about that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say we're just going to go ACHAD1. He said, no, ACHAD1 is a step to get to where we want to be, which is NCAA hockey. Uh, we think we can do it. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing. What I'm doing. Um, so when I hear stuff like that, I'm going like the culture is changing. The culture is changing. And um, we had the head coach on from Alaska Anchorage last night and talked to him a little bit about uh, UNLV series with them and them coming down and playing uh, UNLV and Liberty. And, and Coach uh, Orr let a little one out too, I think, that there might be something going on with uh, UNLV having a little showcase uh, that we haven't heard of yet. So all these little tidbits sneak out. And so I then, think, in three months from now, UNLV is going to have a big announcement of the, of, of of a showcase, you know, just like we kind of hinted that UNLV was going to play an NCAA program, but nothing was well, official. And then New Year's Eve, they come out with this big video and a release about them playing. Uh, and playing, that's uh, that's okay. That's the way it should be. They should make right. their announcements. But my point being is the culture change that I'm seeing at ACHA and NCAA level is, hey, we're not afraid to to talk big. Um, you know, and what coaches are realizing, and certainly here at Arizona State, that uh, the Arizona State hockey program, when they get into their new building, they're going to be the number three revenue generator uh, in athletics at Arizona State. They're going to be behind football, basketball, and hockey. And uh, quite frankly, they might challenge basketball down the road if they continue to have success. So um, it, p people are starting to see it. And like he said, and I thought he put it so eloquently, and he said, we want – athletic directors to see Oregon Ducks jerseys all over the place uh, because that tells them when they see them in, in seats and around town and, and at games and filling buildings in Bend and filling games in Portland or wherever they play, um, uh, it, that that's going to give them the impression that, hey, you know what? These guys are serious and they can do it. And uh, I, I just think that and the talent load that's out there right now there is no better time to make the jump in the next five years. No, I think you're right. And, and it goes back to what you were saying. You know, a lot of times in the past, when it's something like this was being worked on, as you talked about, it's, 
you didn't want to put it out there because you were afraid that if it put out there and there'd be all these rumblings, that something would, would keep it from happening, you know, kind of almost like a, you, you jinx yourself from it happening, but you don't see that anymore. You're, they're, you're willing to talking about, it. they're so confident it's going to happen that it's, it's like, it's, they're not afraid of, of putting it out there because they're not afraid of that. You know, or, they're or, willing or it to happen. They're willing to happen. They're willing it to happen. Exactly. So it's, it's, uh, it's can, exciting. Can I, also, and, can I also tell you where I think that all started over the last five years? Right in your backyard. I think a guy named Bill Foley was bold enough to say that he can have the first professional team in in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I well, think Bill Foley, he, you know, Bill Foley, you know, he, he keeps things to the vest. He's you know he doesn't like to put things out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, his his boldness of bringing in a team in Las Vegas, where you know this for years, professional sports were taboo in Vegas. You couldn't go there. That was betting. That was gambling. The there betting, was yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't do there. That was point shaving. Mm-hmm. There was this. There was that. Well, look at what's changed, and a lot of that's got to do with Bill Foley. Uh, putting together a plan that the NHL accepted and uh, became the franchise. And if you look right now, are there many more franchises that are more successful or have been more successful on and off the ice in their first five years of existence than the Vegas Golden Knights? No, oh, come I, on, come on! I set you up. <laughs> no, no, there's not. Well, do I need to respond to that? The, the, the silence there, I think, speaks for itself. Uh, I think I, I thought you were just afraid of saying like, "Oh, somebody's going to call me a homer again if I jump on this." But no, it, it it's awesome. The the growth no, that's happened, the Silver Knights, the UNLV, the youth programs, the uh, junior program. What is it? The Thunderbirds that are up there? Or what's that youth program or the? Junior program. Yeah, I think had, yeah, I think you had it right, Thunderbirds. Okay. So you know, I mean, I just think the, the culture changes on, and uh, now as we start to run over a little bit on the show, I think um, I, I want to get into the, the short interview that I did with uh, um, Wyatt um, Wasilenski. Wasilenchuk. Let me get that right. Wasilenchuk. Don't give it all away, though, so people can go watch it on the YouTube channel. Yeah, but Steven, I worked on that. Wasilenchuk. He told me it's just (laughs) the way it it sounds, just the way it looks. I'm going like, yeah, right. It it looks crazy. (laughs) Wasilenchuk. Anyway, I I got it right, so I got it right again. But uh, Wyatt, in his first year as the uh, head coach, uh, taking over for Wade Regeer, uh, also, though, a lot of things that people don't know is they are under the athletic umbrella at Minot State now, which changes the way they travel, changes the amount of money that they get uh, for their program and different things. So uh, when he told me and uh, <laughs> it changes the way they travel, but they had yeah. <laughs> they certainly had a, quite a yeah, travel ordeal to get to Arizona. But, but that and, wasn't and their that's fault, why, though. That's why I have to say this, though. They, they rode a bus for an hour and a half to Bismarck. Uh, they thought they were getting on the plane at like nine, nine or eight in the morning. I don't remember. You have to listen to the video. Sometime in the morning, they found out their flights were canceled. They they asked their travel agent to book twenty seven flights uh, for twenty seven people, uh, and they said, "Well, we could do it from Minneapolis." So they got back on the bus. Now keep the keep just think about these costs. This was unexpected. They took a bus from Bismarck to Minneapolis, which is about six hours seven hours, something like that. They get down there. They go to the airport. They can only get half the, the group on a flight that goes to Chicago and then to Phoenix. And they can get the other half on a flight that goes to Houston and then to Phoenix. So they do that. The group in Chicago gets stuck on the tarmac for two, two and a half hours. Uh, they finally all get to Phoenix 
at, at about 3.30. They've got a 6.30 on ice time at uh, Arcadia. I was there for it. I didn't realize how tight it was when I got there and, and saw that. Uh, so when he was telling me that, I was going, wow, you guys landed at 3.30, you got to the airport. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know if they went to the hotel. I think they just grabbed some food somewhere and went right, right to the rink. Uh, so they play that game. And you and I were talking about three games in two and a half days because that's what it was. It was Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday at 1 o'clock. So when I went there on Saturday at 1 o'clock to play um, U of A, I thought, huh, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. There's no way that they're going to have anything left in the tank. Um, and they hung on and, and got the win, and they went 3-0 and in Arizona in two and a half days. That's impressive. Yeah, it is, and you feel you feel a little bit bad for Arizona because if there was any opportunity to beat a number two team and take advantage of that situation, the fact that the traveling to get in there and then the playing the afternoon game after the night game after they played two night games, they just couldn't couldn't get it done. But uh, for Minot State, yeah, I mean they're a number two team that that really is a battle tested uh, experience, and I think it really can can build a team's uh, morale. I mean, not that they we're struggling with that, but I, I think having that experience and, and going through team all bonding. that <laughs> team bonding. Yes. That's the word I was looking for coming that whole thing, getting to Arizona and then going and beating, you know, GCU, which, you know, is a tough place to play, you know, the other, you know, and, and then going to Arizona, which, which is a team that's always can be a tough, tough opponent in, in their building. And in my state was able to do that um, is, is impressive. Um, I'm so, sure they were. I'm sure they were a little sore on that that flight home or that travel home, but but they got three uh, wins. He he told me as well. I said, "Are y'all booked to go back home?" He said, "Well, we think we are, but if we have to stay in Arizona an extra day, we're not going to complain." <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's worse places. I mean, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, or Minot, North Dakota, in right. in, in January. In January, I mean. right? <laughs> so I know you heard this. I'm not going to answer this question. I'm going to let Coach uh, Wasilenchuk uh, tell you. Um, but I asked him on the video, I said, so when you look back at this coach and you played uh, three games in two and a half days, what does that remind you of? Um, I said, that kind of reminds me of what you have to do to prepare for the national tournament. What do you think his answer was? Don't answer. Because if you go to Ice Time, at Ice Time SW on YouTube, or you go to the website, you can uh, see the answer and hear the answer directly from coach. I like that. That's, that's what we call a tease in the, in the business. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, the other thing I want to throw out there is the uh, Arizona State women uh, played UMass, and I wanted to get there so bad to see one of those games, and I'm so sorry I didn't because they upset number six, I think, UMass uh, this weekend. They split oh. with them here at Oceanside, but uh, they actually beat them one time. Are you so saying you can't, be two place, you, you can't be at two places at once, Scott? Is that what I, you're I tried. I really tried, but I spent the whole day, as you know, uh, Saturday in – Tucson and I uh, have to have to live too. So, <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, um, but, but so, so that's cool that they beat that they beat UMass. So that that's that's to no uh, no no small defeat. So that was that was really impressive by them to be able to do that. And as we know, Jamestown playing. Uh, I don't know if you've looked up the score yet to see what they're doing with uh, with uh, GCU tonight. Um, but also, uh, they will be coming to your neck of the woods for two games against UNLV. And uh, I will tell everybody, if you're planning on going to Denver for the uh, the Rocky Mountain, whatever that is, showcase or whatever, um, do check the schedules because things are changing rapidly with COVID. 
Uh, I know the state of Arizona today, Stephen, and this is just flabbergasting, 18,000-plus new cases right here in the state. Uh, At the height of the the, uh, COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever, uh, 14,000 was thought to be a huge number. Now we have over 18,000. Yeah, and keep in mind, there's home tests that people maybe aren't reporting. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's uh, the numbers have been pretty high here in Nevada too. I mean, with this uh, with this new variant, with this Omicron variant, and and uh, people are getting uh, infected. You know, the hope is that you know because hopefully people are getting vaccinated and, and getting their booster shots uh, that those cases are mild and then just able just to kind of treat it at home. But the hospitalizations are up too. So it's just got to continue to, but it is certainly showing a lot of disruptions. Again, as I said earlier in the show, there's been postponements, there's been ca- uh, cancellations in, in different sports. And certainly, as you mentioned, some that is happening oh, in the NCAA level. And, 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 and let me tell you this, th- things are changing. Like uh, Colorado College has instituted a policy, and I think Alaska Anchorage too, and maybe other colleges, that you can't come on their campuses as a student, maybe even as a faculty and as a guest, unless you've been boosted. So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made for, for people from all over, all different walks of life, but it's starting to tighten up. Um, and that being said, I'll tell people out there, if you don't believe in the vaccine, uh, I had – the two regular vaccines. I was unfortunate enough to get COVID. My doctor told me straight up that I probably would have been on a ventilator and I probably would not have survived had I not had the vaccines. Wow. Um, so four weeks, and I had COVID, COVID pneumonia. When I recovered from that four weeks later, uh, and I was at the doctor last week, and I said, um, you know, I'm going to Colorado College, and they're telling me I have to be boosted. Do you think I should get a booster shot? Uh, she said, well, you've been 30 days, so uh, you can. So Monday I had a booster shot. You know, I told you I was really sick um, <laughs> Monday and Tuesday. Today I feel quite a bit better, but that was just uh, probably an overload of antibodies in my system. But uh, it, it's no joke. It's no joke, um, and we hope everybody stays safe. And, of course, uh, you know, we lost uh, a good broadcaster, a good friend in uh, in Vegas uh, I believe is that confirmed, Stephen? The on that? Uh, or? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, he, Brian confirmed, Blessing. Yeah, it's confirmed that that he's he's gone. Yeah, that that's uh, another. Yeah, well, I know to, that, but I was talking. No, about I know, the I know, cause. I know. That, but the cause, I, I believe so. I believe it. I believe COVID was was the cause of that. Um, I just also was uh, understanding from just listening to stuff that that his wife was also in in the hospital too. But it sounds oh, like goodness. she's she's doing better. I got an update from from Dana Lane who course knows knows brian really well and was really uh really a uh it's been tough on dana it'll tell a lot of people this week but it's really been really tough on dana so because he was real close with him and but uh it sounds like the that the wife is doing uh is doing better that she's she's i think she's out of the icu so oh that's good news okay uh i hate to end on on stuff like that yeah, but, but uh but, we'll, but he'll we'll say but, but he'll be missed. Uh, you know, he was. Uh, yeah, we well, we've about him on, on a number Monday of tributes, and, and and there's a number of tributes still going on in Vegas for him, and uh, you know the Golden Knights did that and everything. So, um, but keep keep the uh, the blessings in your uh, the blessings in your prayers. Uh, boy, that's ironic. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, and we'll tell everybody that uh, next Wednesday, look for the new podcast. Great West College Hockey Podcast. I like it. The name is growing on me. I know you're going to struggle with it for a little bit, you said. But Great West College Hockey Podcast is now the Wednesday night podcast. 
only because I have to read this at the end. From the last time, as Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by, which is from the Summer Skate Studios, by the way, it's brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red and a custom logo or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Uh, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. Uh, UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division One Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. Uh, by M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue. Las Vegas style. Uh, Drury Inn and Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight JD Power Awards. Book your stay at drurihotels.com and buy Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. And Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, the new name, of course, next week, is all part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Oh, you skipped out on it. Say it. Great West College Hockey Podcast. <laughs> I'll say it next week when I okay. when I have to say it. <laughs> All right, you got it. Have no, a it's great... a great name. No, it's a great name. I, I, I joking aside, it, I think it's a great. I know we got to go, but a, I think it's a great idea because you're right. The club thing, I think, you know, it's it's uh, it kind of it has a bad kind of a stigma to it at, at times or, or most of the time, and so it's they deserve better than that because it is the level of hockey at, at the level of the that we focus on this show is certainly uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it as club hockey, but you know, absolutely. All right. We'll say good night with little Roger Klein, the peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody. Have a good week, everyone.